welcome back to another episode of the Rama Rundown. It's been almost a month and a half since I've been to, been in quarantine. Hopefully the rest of you guys too are doing all right. I hope you guys are staying safe and healthy, um, practicing the proper social distancing me- measures. I hope this situation's almost over. Um, at least the stay-at-home order for now ends tomorrow in Nevada, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, I'm not sure about the other states, but I think it's really hitting Vegas pretty hard because most of our economy is based on tourism and everything. But uh, nonetheless, you know, at least the best I can do with my time is to be productive. And I realize that quarantine is honestly a great time for self-reflection and just learning more about yourself, you know, what you want, who you are as a person. And a lot of people find this boring, but I I feel good about myself, you know, learning about myself because you're the only person, you're the only person who's going to be with you your entire life. So why not just take the chance to get to know yourself better? You know, I realize that life is honestly just, it's, it's just a game. Like, I feel like you could say this about a lot of things, standardized testing, you know, sports, and just in general life. You learn to play the game, the easier it'll it'll be. And there's certain rules in life. So I feel like the more you know about yourself, the more you know about what you want, the easier it is gonna be for you to roll the dice, spin the wheel, whatever it takes, you know, take the risks just make the hard decisions the more you know yourself the easier it is for you to play the game the easier it is going to be for you to win you know whether that's being happy being successful you know something whatever the goal is you know learning more about yourself and controlling what's inside of you honestly most of the time is probably more important than trying to control what's in front of you because honestly, those things are a lot of times out of reach. We think we have control of them, but we don't. We don't have control of what other, how other people act. We don't have control over what the test curve is going to be. We don't have control over a lot of things. So I guess my, what I'm trying to say is my point is that we should take time to really reflect on ourselves and also just trying to get more comfortable with yourself so that, you know, when you do hit some adversity or when you do hit a tough decision, hopefully hopefully you'll have an easier time getting past that because you know exactly what you want and you'll know yourself well enough to the point that, you know, it's not even a hard decision. It's, it's just another, it's just another day for you. You know, it's just another obstacle. <laughs> but, you know, that's easier said than done. It's hard it's hard to know exactly what you want and you know i if there was a formula for it i wish it was formulaic you know but it's different for everybody people just you know people learn and discover in different ways some people learn by literally you know putting themselves in the fire like in order some people literally have to be put into adversity in order to know how they're going to act and I can't, I can't blame them. It, it's really hard to, like, get a good sense of how you'll be in like, given situations, you know, facing adversity, facing success. Other people can have a have an easier time learning from diff, uh, the mistakes of people around them. You know, they see they see their friend make a mistake, and they're able to learn that and process that internally. 
and you know some people can read about it and learn about it that way for me at least um i think i'm like i i feel like no one is entirely in one of those categories but yeah i feel like i've found a balance of you know reading and learning about what other people have to say but then there's some things that i can't i can't just pick up like that i feel like i'd have to go through the test myself in order to really get a good feel of how how i would behave or exactly like in knowing what i would want in that situation but at least the best thing i can do right now is to you know read about read on the internet there's so many cool articles about other people's experiences and you never know when you're going to find something that just strikes a chord with you and i guess i'll just share share like what a couple of experiences i had over the last month or so that have been actually quite insightful the first one i'm a huge i'm a huge sitcom guy uh, i just finished watching new girl amazing show but one show in particular community i've been watching it for a while and but i always go back and rewatch it because i love the cast star studded oh my god if you want to talk about talented people you got to watch community you got the lead Joel McHale you got people like Donald Glover Ken Jeong Allison Brie amazing amazing actors and actresses so talented but the specific episode i want to talk about is the last episode in the first season and it really brought up a really interesting kind of like thought experiment that was kind of it was it was pretty refreshing because the show was so lighthearted but for them to tap into you know the a really hard decision that this character has to go through and make it was actually pretty it was pretty interesting to look at and you know it made me think to myself you know if i was in his position what would i do and the scene i'm referencing is like i said in the last episode of the first season and basically you have kind of like a love triangle not really a love triangle but two girls like the same guy and the guy likes both of the girls um so i'm talking about brita slater and jeff so brita and slater both like jeff and he's both had uh like liking for he's both like them uh either currently or in the past so they both confessed their love to him basically at the same time and he's kind of faced with this impossible decision because in his eyes at least uh Britta makes him sorry Slater makes him feel like the girl makes him feel like the man he really wants to be you know and Britta makes him feel like the man he really is and he's kind of stuck in that moment trying to decide make the impossible decision of you know do you try to evolve do you try to you know get better as a person or do you just try to know what you are so it it got me thinking about like what would i rather have and this doesn't have to be in terms of like relationships but you know friend circles just teammates colleagues like do you want to be surrounded by people who make you a better person but might not necessarily accept you for who you are or would you rather surround yourself with the with people who just totally accept you for who you are and you know you don't feel pressure to become better both both sides have very um per, uh, persuasive arguments and it's it's honestly really hard to pick like i can't imagine being in that situation that Jeff is in in community but 
I think after contemplation, I feel like I, I still, I, I'm, it's crazy because I'm like, I've thought about this so much and I'm still so undecided about it. I'm starting to think that I really like overthink this, but I think my, one of my biggest goals, continuing goals in my life at least is to be, is to be a better person today than I was yesterday. Simple as that. Just be a better man right now than you were say yesterday a month ago a year ago and but even though i want to be a better man i want to be a better friend i want to be a better student son brother all these things i i really want people to accept me for who i am because i feel like i'm very different so i kind of it's it's really hard to pick and and I'm starting, and like I said, I'm leaning towards, you know, trying to evolve as a person because that's kind of what my goal is. But at the same time, at what at what extent, when somebody keeps pushing you to be a better person, are you do you kind of like burn out, you know? Because sometimes there's things that you can't change about yourself. Like you can you can try to like really talk it, speak it into existence you know repetition all of that but at the end of the day what can you do if you can't change this bad habit are they gonna are they gonna not love you even though you know you can't be that perfect image that they're trying to push you towards kind of an impossible decision but you know those are the types of things i'm talking about when it comes to like self-reflection a lot of different kind of thought experiments interesting ideas that you know we might face every day not every sorry, not every day but like um you know once in a while in our lifetime and the more you know yourself and the more you know exactly what you want the easier it is for you gonna for you to achieve that like for me if i had to pick i i would want to be surrounded by people that push me to be a better person to be the best version of myself and so when i'm going out and making friends or possibly entering relationships or even applying for jobs or internships i'm gonna look for people institutions that do that for me that really bring out the best of me rather than be me looking for things that make might make me feel complacent you know but either way either way you can you can choose you know either side and I, I wouldn't blame you. It's such a tough decision. And like another thing that I, kind of, I was kind of reading about along those lines was uh, I found an article on Emmanuel Kant. Kant, Kant, Kant. I don't know even how to pronounce it. K-A-N-T. Huge philosopher. Probably one of the most influential, famous philosophers. And I'm not really, I'm not really super definitive on morality so much gray gray area and shit but there's this one article that you know that kind of hit when i was reading it and that was emmanuel kant's one rule for life and his whole philosophy is kind of it's very bold actually because he believed in things called categorical imperatives which is basically when you're making a decision in order for something to be in, inherently good or bad it has to be good in all situations like it can't be good in one situation and wrong in another then you can't call that thing good for example like uh i don't even i can't even think of like a categorical imperative 
that something that's good in every de- like something that's good in every decision or something that's bad in every decision but uh so he was thinking he came up with these lists of his categor- categorical imperatives and most of them were shot down super easily because there's so many situations in where you can justify a bad thing to be good or you can justify a good thing to be bad like you know telling the truth is good in most situations but in some situations it might be unnecessary and would cause only harm but there's this one categorical imperative that still stands pretty strongly today and that is Immanuel Kant's one rule for life and I'm going to quote him right here and it is act that you act that you use humanity whether in your own person or in the person of any other always at the same time as an end never merely as a means and now when i first read this out i had no idea what what the, what the hell that meant but i you know i did some more research and i found some easier trans translations so here's here's another translation of what i just said it's basically saying that each person must never be treated only as a means to some other end but must also be treated as an end themselves and to give you an example of what Immanuel Kant is kind of going for here you take lying in this situation lying is wrong because you are misleading another person's conscious behavior in order to achieve your goal therefore you're treating them that person that you're lying to as a means to your end so that's unethical so if if you're confused i know i was confused a little bit as using these terms means and end but so let me take let me take a you know simple situation and break it down like a little bit for you guys so when i'm talking about means and ends say that you're you're hungry right you want you want chipotle you want a burrito so the end is is fulfilling your hunger and um you know reaching levels like you know uh saturation I don't, I don't even i don't even know whatever like you know you just don't want to be hungry anymore and so that's the end and the means to that end is you're gonna go into your car drive to chipotle and get the burrito so what emmanuel kent is saying that is that you can't use another person or you can't use a person in general as a means to a, a separate end if you're going to use that person then they have to benefit they have to be part of that end but if they're if they're separate from that end that's kind of just explo- exploitation and that's what he's trying to go for and one of the biggest examples of this I was reading and it really applies to me is people pleasing or seeking approval from others um I'm a huge people pleaser I just I do it because I'm extroverted and you know it's you just want people to like you it it's never easy to um to be standoffish with somebody or to hold grudges and even though uh i know people pleasing is dangerous i never really realized the extent of that danger until i was reading about manual kant and he basically that's like one of the biggest no-nos in his book is people pleasing or seeking approval because he's according to him doing that type of stuff forces you to alter your actions and speech so that it no longer reflects what you actually think or feel so basically you're treating yourself as a means rather than the end so his rule actually applies to yourself too you can be exploiting yourself 
in addition to exploiting yourself, you're also altering you altering your behavior to make other people like you. You're also treating them as a means to your end. You're lying to them and you're using them to satisfy your end, which is whether that be confidence or just some other reason you want. I don't know. You just want to look cool. So using so first of all, you're using yourself as you're exploiting yourself by not being true to yourself and not, you know, sticking to what you believe in, whatever it may be. And you're using others to fulfill your you know, low self-confidence or your insecurities. Huge no-no in this book. And that, you know, that really, you always think about when you're making these, like, ethical decisions. It's like, I don't want, how I thought of it, I don't want to make decisions that hurt others. But a lot of the times you forget that sometimes you can exploit yourself. You can be abusing yourself. And so you just got to stay true to who you are. Stick to your guns when your back is against the wall. And I thought that was just really impressive how he just came up with this one categorical imperative. Because a lot of times, like, 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 I, said, like I said before, a lot of times the morality and ethics aren't definitive. You know, you can find exceptions for each case. But I thought about this a lot and I couldn't find an exception for justifying the exploitation of yourself or others to an ends that they're not even a part of. Like, I spent maybe like hours thinking of it and I couldn't find one unique case. So I think I'm going to start to integrate this rule more and more into my life. It's a, it's a great rule and I can't believe it's still standing today. In such, a, in such a gray area field, to have one definitive rule is actually pretty interesting. So shout out to Emmanuel Kant, providing some inspiration for me, at least during this quarantine, some, some new insight. And the last thing I wanted to talk about really quick, I'm, I'm big into building intimacy and really getting to know people. Um, I don't really like small talk. I mean, I'm fine with doing small talk, but if I if I don't have to then I won't because I just feel like it's, it's like a, it's really superficial and you don't really get to know you don't know you don't get to know stuff about somebody by that much stuff about somebody by talking about a show that they like or a sports team that they follow like what's that gonna tell you about their personality who they really are as a person only really you know some of their you know uh, superficial tastes, but so I was, talk, I was thinking about what would I ask people to really get to know them. If you really want to dig into somebody, pick their brain, kind of see things from their perspective. You know, what's a question that you would ask at a date, at an interview, um, just a variety of situations when you really are genuinely interested in getting to know somebody. And I was. I came across this Mark Manson article. If you don't know who Mark Manson is, he's the author of The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Amazing health, self-help book. Super relatable, super relevant. I would go recommend reading it. Um, I read it over the summer, and it was real. It was a really fun and exciting read. Um, but the one question that the author, Mark Manson, poses is in- instead of asking people, what do you want out of life? You should ask people 
what pain do you want in your life? And, you know, that, that might sound a little hard-hitting or, you know, tough at first, but hear me out on this. When you ask people, what do you want out of life? I guarantee you, 95 out of, out of 100 times, they're going to say, I want to be happy. I want to have a great family. So, and, you know, that's that's the right answer, I guess, if there is a right answer to anything. But you literally learn nothing about a person when they say that. You know, if 95 out of 100 people are going to say that same answer, how much are you actually learning about them? But instead, if I were to ask you, what pain do you want in your life? That's a totally different question. You know, since we we all have our goals that we want, or we all have the peaks that we want to experience. But how many of us are actually willing to climb that mountain? You know, to struggle, to endure that pain, to reach that goal. You know, of course, I'm a huge sports fan and I always daydream. I love daydreaming. I daydream about being on a football team with the Dallas, being on the Dallas Cowboys, I don't know, a safety, making an interception, taking it back for six points, or, you know, just making it big with this podcast, with the with the radio business, you know, I, I dream, I daydream about one day having the ability to just interview any celebrity that I want, really pick their brain, get to see things from their point of view. But... You know, when you, I start to ask myself this question, what pain do you want in your life? You know, if you want to be a football player, then the pain you have to accept is that you're going to come home most days with aches all over your body. You have to spend hours upon hours watching film on iPads on top of the pain that's constantly aching. You have to learn about people's tendencies. You have to get the pain of injuries tearing yet go through that acl tear and jump right back fight harder than ever go through those two or three concussions that you might get jump right back fight even harder and that's not the type of pain i want i asked myself that question and i know i love sports but i'm totally fine just being an observer in that sense i do not want that type of pain in my life i asked myself with this whole podcast I love doing the podcast and everything but in order to get to the level that I dream about where you can just interview any celebrity that you want you gotta spend hours late night raking your brain for ideas trying to scrap the you know every little thought putting it on paper then putting it into putting into words there's so much to do with production getting your name out there there's an element of luck you know, even if you're an amazing interviewer, the chances that you get found as a talent and then you're given the right platform to really showcase your talent is very low. You know, that chance is not going to be there for everybody. And, you know, that's, it sucks. You know, it's not fair. But, you know, the one pain that I know I want in my life is that I love, I love to help people and I love to form relationships, relationships with people. And so with entering the medical field, you know, the pain that you're going to take on as a, as a doctor, as a physician, is that you're going to spend four years of your life in medical school, grinding your ass off, spending a late night digging into biology books, anatomy, physiology, chemistry, biochem, all these topics. You're going to be going nose deep in that. And 
that's the type of pain that I'm willing to endure. You know, I want to make other people happy. I want to create a legacy. I want to make other people's lives better. I want to make that change in their life. And if I can't do that through podcasting or radio, I, I know 100% I am willing to have that sort of pain in my life, the pain of those late nights, grinding, memorizing all that information, then applying it. I want to have that pain of making the tough choices that, you know, somebody puts in your hands. When somebody comes to you as a doctor, they're making themselves vulnerable. They're asking for your opinion because they don't know what to do themselves. I want to be able to be put in that decision to make those decisions to help people who can't help themselves. And I want that type of pain in my life. I'm willing to live with the consequences of, I don't know, missing missing out time with my family sometimes. Or, you know, just spending four years of my life at school again. You know, a lot of people don't want to do that. They want to be able to start their the next chapter of their life after university. You know, get a high-paying job already. Um, really travel, explore. And the pain I'm willing to adore is to sacrifice all of that so that I can form these long, long-term long relationships with patients, with people who need my help, you know. And so, I don't know. That's my answer, at least for what pain do you want in your life. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you when you ask me that question... You're going to learn 10 times more about me asking that question than asking, you know, what do you want out of life? Because if you had asked me that question, I would have told you, you know, I want to be, I guess I want to be a doctor. Um, I want to, you know, have a nice family, live in a nice area, Uh, you know, just have a nice life. Super vague, super vague stuff. But ask me, what pain am I willing to endure in my life? I'll give you guys a nice, I'll give you a really thoughtful you know, intuitive answer. Give me a tough question. I'll give your ass a tough answer. And so, uh, that that was just another thing that I was just, you know, reading about. When you really want to get to know somebody, you should ask them, what pain do you want in your life? What are you willing to risk in order to get to where you want to be? Because a lot of us think about, you know, the peak, you know, making it there. But, not a lot of us actually want to make that climb day in and day out so it's just a matter of you know really using the right questions to get to know people but um, like I said I hope I hope you guys are doing great in quarantine I know that I've learned a lot about myself over the past what was it one and a half months and I can't I can't wait to see you know hopefully the world start to go back to you know some sense or some resemblance of normalcy again i feel like it'll be a while till the world is completely normal and you know i guess that's what you expect with the pandemic i feel there's going to be it's going to take a while it's going to take some time for people to start shaking hands again giving hugs to strangers it's gonna and it that might take a toll on humanity you know a lot of it is a mind body connection the more you intimate you are with people body wise i guess the more intimate or the more connected we feel as a you know like intellectually as like mind 
and so you're taking you're taking out that body component for with strangers i wonder how relationships are going to change with people you know will it be harder to get to know people without that body connection i know it sounds small something as small as shaking hands but i feel like we take that for granted that's such a universal sign of respect and i guess gratitude hugs or gratitude i guess a sense of vulnerability so you take out those things we need to find different ways to express those emotions to people and i it I, I believe that it's definitely going to take a toll in how we interact with people in our everyday lives. But hopefully it, it doesn't come down to that. That's just my prediction. You know, what do I know? I'm just a first-year college student who has to go on Zoom every week for his classes. But so I hope you guys are doing all right, you know, staying safe, staying healthy. And I really encourage you guys to take the time to reflect on yourself get to know more about yourself because like i said the more you know yourself the easier it is for you to make decisions to roll the die in the game of life and i guarantee you more often than not you're going to come out of those decisions those obstacles feeling like a winner if you really go in knowing going go in having a good sense of who you are as a person and so um i hope that i can upload more consistently now that zoom is that zoom university is almost over i'm done in the next week and i have a couple episodes planned with some of my friends that i haven't talked to in a while so get it's going to be nice to get their perspectives on everything that's happening but until then stay frosty guys